Welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts, and tonight we have a special guest, Andrew Hatch of Hatch Made It. What's up, boys? Howdy, howdy. Uh, uh, like all podcasts, we'd like to start off by thanking our sponsors. I'd like to take time to, to, to thank Sabretooth. You go to sabretooth.com, you can get all your power carving bur- your power carving burrs and discs. Um, if you use code WH, you can save 10%. Uh, we'd appreciate it. And I'll take a minute to thank our sponsor, Maritime Nice Supply, your one-stop shop for makers. Um, you can find him at maritimenicesupply.ca and .com. And a reminder on the Great Lakes Knife Show that he's sponsoring for August 19th of uh, this year. Did you figure out how to pronounce where that is? Good cod, Rick? No. Good, our, good Rick? <laughs> I don't know. I have... It's in Ontario. If you go to Great Lakes Custom Knife Show on Instagram, you can find all the information. It's Canada's largest knife show located on the picturesque shores of Lake Huron and featuring some of the best talent in the Canadian knife-making community. And our good friend Lawrence from Maritime Knife Supply is a sponsor. Go check it out, meet him, enjoy it. Yeah, always a good time when Lawrence is around. So, yeah. What's going on, go. Andrew? Oh, nothing much. Aside from... Uh prepping for my trip that type of stuff it's a big trip you're going to the most northern part of the world uh well the drive the to? most northern place that you can drive to in north america yeah i'll be about i think i'll be like 150k past the arctic circle so it'll be be interesting that'll Where be about that? a it'll be about an 8,000k round trip which is yeah that's that's about 5,000 miles for people who can't uh figure out Tens times table. <laughs> I can't um, figure it out. So thanks for doing the conversion for me. So what is the town? What is the town you're going to? I've I've heard this name, but I just can't remember it. Uh Tuk Toyuk Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. From actually from where I live, it's actually just straight north. If I if I could just go straight in a in a line, I'd be able to go right up to it. It's just right on the edge of the Arctic Ocean. So the uh. When do you leave N- next week? Uh, Saturday, actually, a couple of days. But wow. don't tell anybody because uh, my mother-in-law is paranoid that somebody's going to break into our house because they know we're gone. Well, it's a good thing that not too many people listen to this podcast, so. Yeah. Or know yeah. where Alberta is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's probably the truth of that is a half of the, uh, well, a significant portion of my audience at least is... Uh, in the states, and probably don't even know where I live. Probably think I live too close to Tony. I get a lot of that. <laughs> How close are you to so and so? Or yeah, it's like no. Isn't it true that all Canadians know each other? Are you guys all like neighbors, live in the same village? That's not true. That's not true. Not you guys true. all play on this. It's only two hockey teams you guys have, right? You just keep playing each other. <laughs> I mean that—that's what I thought. That's what I thought Canada was like. Am I wrong? You're very wrong. Tony, it's 101 episodes. You never told me this. Oh, okay. I didn't realize I needed to inform you. So w- when you go all the way up there, Andrew, the uh, it's June. Is it cold up there? Like what would uh, the temperature be 150 kilometers into the Arctic Circle in June? Well, the average temperature is supposed to be around around 17 degrees celsius so that's kind of low 60s um right now it's been uh it's been hitting the freezings overnight there so it's been below below freezing overnight last couple days on the on the forecast so i have no idea what it'll be like probably somewhere in the somewhere in the cool to comfortable range will you be going into the arctic ocean when you're there i kind of have to don't i Uh, yeah that's why i'm asking you, it's a must. I'm yeah. I'm I'm going to have to. I think, but uh, yeah, we're bringing the kayaks with us, and so I will see. We'll see how how far it goes. Whether it's just a, we walk into the ocean and then uh, walk out because there's still icebergs, or if we uh, actually put the kayaks in and paddle around a little bit. And there's no furry friends around either. I don't think there's much for polar bears in that area that I'm aware of anyway. But there probably is. I was going to say there's 
been a sighting of polar bears in northern Newfoundland here in the last little bit. So, like, oh, a couple months ago. So that's a lot further south than you, you're going to be. Well, yeah, but there's a lot. To, there's there's a bigger open stretch of water there. There's so there's not the not as much sea ice in the oh, area. I, I, I think you. you're uh, because you have the you have that um, now. What is it like the the Pacific current, whatever that brings brings uh, brings warm water up from the Japanese coast, blah blah blah, and around through that through that loop that um, Alaska is through the Beaufort okay. Sea and stuff. I think it's actually a little bit warmer than the other side in there, but I don't know. You're about to find out. I, I will find out. So how well, much how much of this trip is gravel roads? It's got to be a ton. Um, I think at least at least a thousand kilometers of it will be, but I'm I'm not sure because most of the most of the road most of it's highway to Whitehorse, and then I'm not sure about Whitehorse to Dawson City. But the, the Dawson City through to Alaska, I think, is like one of the main highways into northern Alaska. So I think it's paved, but I don't know for sure yet. I've been I've been avoiding looking just because I'm afraid of hammering the crap out of my truck. Yeah, it's crazy. And how long you go for? I'm actually taking a month off. It'll be nice. Whoa. Yeah. What's... Well, I'll, I'll be honest. Just keep it between the three of us and, and the two listeners or three listeners that you have. <laughs> Uh, well, one of those is you, so. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, the other two listeners. Um, I, uh, it's it's actually kind of semi-enforced because I have a I have a disability claim in for my hands because I'm a chiropractor, right? And I, you guys know that, but I'm sure your listeners don't. Not many right. of them do. And I just keep injuring my hands. And so I have to take a month off before my insurance kicks in. So I thought to myself, why not... Uh, why don't we go to the Arctic? Because that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you can get a vacation out of it, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. A vaca- it'll be a fun vacation because I'll have to do, uh, I'll be uh, working on my master's at the same time and, you know, my I wife saw, can I yell saw, at the kids. I saw that today. You were setting up a uh, Starlink. Yeah. Is that going to work all the way up there? Does the satellite their, point that way? Their coverage map says it's covered, so we'll find out. <laughs> I've heard uh, heard mixed reviews. There's there's Starlink systems like when I did the the Google Street View thing um, in Inuvik and Taktiaktak. There's Starlink systems on the buildings on some of them. So, I mean, there should be some coverage. We'll find out. I mean, there's once I get uh, once I get up there a ways, there's no trees to block the views. So, as long as long as it's uh, mm. as long as they're there, that's crazy. I don't know what. I don't know. How many people live in this town? Uh, I think, I think Inuvik, we, so, so we're going to camp in Inuvik, which is 170 something kilometers. So about a hundred miles south of, of Tuktoyoktuk. And uh, then we're just going to like do a day trip up and back to there. So I think Inuvik has like 1400 or something like that. I guess I could always internet it, right? Yeah, and then, and then a new or Tuktoyaktuk has about nine hundred people. So you being there for a month, they're gonna know you by first name by the time you leave. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Inuvik has uh, thirty two hundred people in it, and that's yeah. uh, it's kind of the uh, the government hub of the area. So it, it's gonna have more people, and then Tuktoyaktuk has eight hundred and sixty seven. So I was I was right nine. About 900 people. Uh, That's crazy. That many people live up there. Yeah. I actually had a couple of people reach out to me on my social media about about coming up there. and I, I have coincidentally timed it just right that there's, uh, here in Canada, we have um, Indigenous Day is June 21st, which is the longest day of the year. And so we were going to be up there for the longest day of the year, because if you're going to be in the Arctic, why not, right? Yeah, you either got to do that on the shortest day of the year. One of the two. But, uh, yeah, apparently there's some big celebrations and stuff, and a guy guy reached out to me on my, uh, I think it was TikTok. He, he said, oh, make sure you come, and, and we'll we'll hook you up with the celebrations. So we'll see. Nice. Nice. So I Google map from for me to get to where you're at. It is 
just driving, it claims three hours or three days and 13 hours, just straight drive time. From you to my house? No, to, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Because that's about what I would guess to, I would guess to get to your house from my house. I think it's actually about the same distance for me to go from here to your place than it is for me to go to Tuk Tuk Tuk. Well, it says 7,800 kilometers to Tuk Tuk Tuk. I'm going to say that completely wrong, but yeah. No, that so, sounds, that sounds about right. I, I'd be about halfway. And you're Alberta, but what part? I can't remember. I apologize. Lethbridge. Lethbridge. Oh, so you're Southern Alberta. Yeah. So it would be, so you'd yeah. be going like the Yellowhead, so you'd cut off like 600 miles of driving relative to me. How yeah. many miles is that, Tony? No idea. Um, yeah, so what we're saying is that for me, coming across the the country, you're, I'm going to hit Edmonton if I'm going that direction. I'm going to like start climbing north before I get to him, if I were to do this trip. But I, I am not doing this trip. <laughs> I just looked it up. For me to drive would be over 4,500 miles, and it would take 76 hours. Said forty five hundred miles. Yeah. So if you want to know where I live, map out routes forty five hundred miles mm. from Tuck to Yuck Tuck. So you're actually closer than I am. You have to yeah. Yeah. Well, you're further east. The further east. Um. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm. That's one of those things. Like you, you're gonna so I guess getting back to the longest day of the year. So the longest day of the year up there is what, like twenty three hours or something. Oh like, no, it's already full. It's already twenty four hours of daylight there now. Okay, I, so, so it's, I think the the sun hasn't set there since uh, when was I looking at it? it? It was like beginning of June, or so the sun doesn't set for like a month and a half or something like that. So yeah, the longest day. Longest day of the year, it'll be just another day. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, because I, I can remember watching a guy on YouTube. I can't, I can't remember his name now, but he, he was, he's an outfitter up in that area and he was doing one of the rivers and he's sitting there in front of the camera and he's like, the flies are buzzing around him. He's like, yeah, it's like 1130 PM. <laughs> it's like, just as it looked like it wasn't like, daylight daylight but it was like dusk what most of us would think of in a summer evening at like eight nine o'clock like it wasn't dark but it was it was just the light was a little lower and it just floored me that that's that's what they got because they got to live with the opposite in the in the winter yeah with like 20 timbers disappears yeah like they get a month and a half of darkness as well or however long it is but they do have some time where it's like there's no daylight how far down in Canada does that happen? Because Alaska has parts of that too. Where where I grew up in, well, the middle of Alberta, northern Alberta, I grew up just north of Edmonton, and I can remember building a house at eleven thirty at night and and being seeing clear enough to pound nails. Cool. I mean, I think, I think oh, I'll just look at the sunset time for my parents right now, just because this is the type of thing that I geeked out about. I think a lot of people kind of geek out about it. So sunset at my parents right now is 1025. And then uh, probably about 45 minutes to an hour of, of dust after that, after the sun goes down, you can still see pretty good. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it weirded me out when I lived in Los Angeles after, you know, I grew up there, right? And then I moved down to Los Angeles when I was 19. And uh, it, was, it was so weird because the sun would go down at, at 7 o'clock and then it was dark. made me uncomfortable. <laughs> so you were saying it was 10, 10.45 tonight? 10.25 right 10 now 10.25? My parents. So for me, it's 9.09 was the actual sunset. Like that's, that, that's wild. I think you're probably about the same as me. Yeah, give or take. So getting back to your trip. The, are there a bunch of Canada wildfires going on out there? Yeah, there's a few in northern Alberta and northern BC, but uh, nothing that's blocking our trip. Okay. Uh, what, what, well, one of them is actually right around my parents. Or two, there's two big ones that are right around my parents, but 
the road is the road's clear through and then they're they're 70 80 kilometers from my parents so they'll be fine yeah i mean we just dealt with uh all the smoke still today from the ones out in ontario it's crazy yeah i was seeing pictures of new york but gross i was out in it yesterday and i i just had headaches and i got home i just went right to bed took a nap it was gross out gross i can't imagine what it's like closer like we're this far away and it was just absolutely it was like looking out everything was just orange it was weird it's actually it's actually surprising because so I I was uh, I was a firefighter when I lived in BC, and uh, in 2017 there was kind of the same sort of huge, massive fires that burned everything down, and uh, it's the there's there's a certain distance away where it it looks worse than right up close because the smoke has a time to you know dissipate and diffuse out a little bit. Mm. But uh, that doesn't mean to say that when you're close up, it's it's nice and clear. But it, it is, uh, it looks grosser at that like four or five hundred k- kilometers, you know, five hundred miles away sort of range because it's all diffused out and covering everything. I think we're a lot farther away than that, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I tried to look it up before we got on here, like how far away the fire was, and I just keep getting bombarded with the pictures of New York City being grass. Yeah, so I I did take the time as well, and I did find um, Ontario.ca has some some interactive maps or whatever, but there's so many fires that it's almost it's difficult to figure out where where exactly it all is because it looks like the entire province is on fire, which it's not. Like I'm not, but it there there is a lot of of uh, fires for sure. Is that why I couldn't find out? out like how many acres have burned because there's so many different ones i think it's ongoing it's so on it's ongoing at this point that like i don't think they can i mean they might be able to give you what what's burned so far they usually have some sort of estimate but what starts them all like we just had one uh two days ago here in my town and and the cause is under investigation but they think it was people but like up there idiots yeah, yeah, it's a lot up of there. It's still a lot there's of so too. many. Is it is it natural, or is it? Well, in in it's... BC, when I was there, the the first fire was started by an idiot shooting Tanner right out in the bush, mm. and so that's what lit the first fire. But then that went from like, like, oh, you're an idiot to seven thousand acres in about twelve hours, and so it it, it like blew up. And then the amount of particulate and smoke in the air, it almost generates its own weather system. And so then you start to get lightning strikes around because of all of the like, static electricity essentially in the air from all the particulate. Uh, okay. And then that, that's why you get like those, at least this is my understanding, don't quote me because I'm not a, I'm not a specialist, but that's where you get those firestorms, right? Where you just get lightning strikes all over the place and just everything burns down because in 2017, when we were dealing with those ones, it was, yeah, there was like a, a 5,000 acre fire going on. And then the next day there was 10,000 acres burning. And then the day after that, there was 70,000 acres burning. And within like two weeks, there was something insane, like 800,000 acres or something like that. It was, it was no correct correction, 800,000 hectares. So that's, that's 1.6 million acres. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of ground. There's actually a there's actually a video on my YouTube channel going by some of the the fires from 2017. Got to go way back there, but all the all the burnt out stuff. And the the weirdest ones is like like there'll be a house that's just everything around it, the the forest, the lawn, everything's burnt, and and the house is burnt down. And I think I think I got it on my video. House is burnt down. Everything around it is burnt down. And then there's like that fake astroturf carpet with a little picnic table, plastic picnic table, and chairs sitting around it. It's totally fine. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. We had some fires. Um, had a couple fires that were close, like I would say close, like an hour, two hours away. Um, and then we had some fires in Nova Scotia that were a little bit more, were definitely more serious. They've lost quite a few homes in that area at this point. So I'm not sure of the numbers, but. 
yeah, I was in the middle of renovating my house in 2017, right? So everything's just totally torn apart and my wife's pregnant and we're, uh, RCMP shows up and, t- and, and that's the police oh, show okay. up. The, uh, <laughs> the Mounties, the Mounties in their red surge. <laughs> I doubt they're in the red surge. <laughs> yeah. On their, on their horses. <laughs> anyway, they, they, they show up and they say, Hey, there's a evacuation alert, blah, blah, blah. Be ready to go. And uh, then they tell you, okay, make sure there's no combustibles near your house. That'll protect your house from, uh, from burning down. And then off they go. And so then, so then the first thing I did was, you know, we load all of our, all of our important stuff into our travel trailer. And then I went and started my tractor and I brought down like three pallet loads of firewood and I stacked them right up on my house. And then I went and found every jerry can that I had with gasoline in it. And I put them right inside my doorways. It was like, this house gets on fire. It's burning to the frigging ground because then I can dip an insurance claim and build a new house. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Unfortunately, my house didn't burn. Unfortunately. Oh, what a guy. He says it's so dry that you're like, is he serious? Do you really? Oh, I'm dead. I'm dead serious. I hope my house would burn him down. I was going to say, I believe every word he said there. <laughs> he was under construction with pregnant wife. He's probably hating life at the moment. Yeah, I suppose. So we didn't bring you on here to talk about Canadian wildfires. I thought this was the, uh, like, the, the was it, I was going to make a pun about forest fighters, but now I can't. My brain went dead. <laughs> that happened. I thought you were on to something there. So what else is going on? Anything good? How's the woodworking going? Hey, it's not. Not in my shop, anyway. I'm too freaking busy. Yeah. Although, although, here's here's my plan. Tell, tell me what you think of this. If, hopefully, fingers crossed, my insurance says, yes, we'll cover you, and uh, you can take a year and finish your master's, then I won't be working, so I won't be committed. And so then I'll come out to uh, out to this maker camp thing that you guys always talk about. Uh-oh. Let's do it. And so that that's my plan, if my insurance cooperates. But here's my plan for for my maker swap idea. Okay. From from the Arctic Ocean, if I can scrounge like beachcomb some wood, yeah, I'll re I'll resaw it and just make like a little jewelry box type of thing out of Arctic Ocean uh, resawed salvaged wood. I think that sounds fantastic. That'd be pretty cool. Come on, insurance. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. You should make that anyway, and then. If insurance pulls through, then bring it with you. I'm going to. That That is my plan. If I can get some, I'm going to make a box. I, actually, what I want to do, if I can get enough, I'm going to make a box for each one of my kids. Oh, that's cool. And then uh, and then if I have enough, I'll make a fourth one. And if I make it out to Maker Camp, I'll I'll, uh, I'll throw it into the Maker Swap thing. And if I, if I don't, maybe I'll auction it off or something like that. Yeah. It'd be cool to meet you in person. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping you come. Whether you bring it or not would be cool. But it is a good segue into Maker Camp Maker Swap. Uh, if you are going to Maker Camp, you can uh, create an item showing off whatever skills you have, whatever medium you have. Bring an item, it's going to go maker to maker. And uh, we do a little swap at Maker Camp. That's fun. Yeah. I'm excited to see uh, see what everybody brings. Yeah. I, I made my first post today. I got my materials. Oh, okay. I, I saw that the uh, the walnut. Yep, a lot that, of walnut. That's, that's a lot more wood than I expected. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm bring, I'm bringing the heat this year, Tony. Okay, I say that until I get into it and screw it all up. I'll be honest; I haven't been on Instagram except for the brief time I was doing the live to test my internet, so I haven't seen it yet. But I will be sure to make a comment. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. The uh, I was on there when you were testing it out. That little solar panel setup you have looks pretty good. Yeah, I was surprised actually. It it's uh, it almost keeps ahead of the draw on the on the uh, on the Starlink internet there. Yeah. So the Starlink looks like it draws about eighty five watts continuously when it's running hard, and then when it's idling, it goes down to like twenty, twenty or thirty. And so that solar panel is a 60 watt panel and it charges that little battery setup at about 40 watts. So it was, it was kind of like half keeping up with it. I ran it, uh, 
I ran it all day today, let it run and, you know, stream some crap. And it was down to 70% after, uh, probably six hours. So I was, I was surprised. That's pretty good. Yeah. For, for like 300 bucks. Yeah. I'll get a I'll get an affiliate marketing code code and influence the heck out of it. <laughs> Made make my three dollars. Yeah, you, you don't know. I mean, this trip could make you uh, a huge influencer. You, yeah. Who knows what'll well, happen? We'll see. Uh, like I, I know I messaged you, Keith, about the about that shoe thing, didn't I? Yes. And is it happening? It, they're coming. They're coming, but, and actually, there's another shoe company that are sending me some one, so one of those like. Uh, are you willing to talk about it live on air or no? I don't know. Do you think that would lose some of the? Uh, it would the shock and all. Yeah, it would. When are they? Are they arriving before Saturday? No, they're not. They're they're oh. definitely not. So we got to wait a month. Yep. Although I was talking to my brother about it. Uh, my brother is a famous YouTube star too. I don't know if you knew that or not. He's a car guy, though, right? Uh, more just a random redneck guy. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I was talking to him about it and, uh, he came up with some really good ideas that I'm, I'm going to incorporate on like the follow-up video should be pretty funny, but we'll see. <laughs> I cannot wait for this to happen. So when it happens, tell the listeners, I'll be sure to share it from the podcast account. So you can see it if you're not following Hatch, which you should be. So I had some questions for you guys, actually, speaking of followers and all that jazz. I got questions for you too, but let's get into it. You first. Look, how'd you guys get into the whole podcast thing? Like, what did you, because I was following you, Keith, before you guys started. Yes. Did you, was it, was it Reclaimed Audio? They quit and you decided that you wanted to do a podcast to fill the void or what? Uh, yeah, they quit, uh, a dusty life quit. And yeah, pretty much. I figured there was a void there. Let's jump in. That's pretty much how it happened. That and Tony kept hounding me daily about it. Oh, it's yeah, still a podcast. Yeah, it's still a podcast. I'm the energy guide. Haven't you told? Can't you tell? It was nonstop. He put it all together. I'm just here now. Yeah, but that's what it was. Like I'd been wanting to do one for a while. Listen to those guys, and they're just like BSing with each other. A little bit of woodworking or whatever on, on dusty life and reclaimed audio was good but you could tell that they kind of petered out towards the end and uh as they were teetering out i was like yeah seems like something i could do let me find some people to do it with and then i found chad and tony at maker camp and now you're rich and famous with all the sponsorship money that you're getting oh yeah i mean high rollers over here <laughs> yeah we're just rolling in dough it's not costing us any money to run this thing at all no you can uh you can eat out at McDonald's at least once a week. Um, uh, once a quarter, I think. <laughs> McDonald's is getting pretty expensive. That's sad, but true. Yeah. Well, Zen Planner just got expensive, so. Well, expensive compared to free, so. Yeah, it used to be free, now it's not. Yeah, so there are some costs associated with, with doing this on a weekly basis, I guess. Well, even, I think, What's the Zencaster? It's just to use it at all. There's a cost now. Yeah. 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 I paid yearly. So I forget what the cost was. It's a few hundred bucks. Yeah. It's not outrageous for what they give you, you know? Yeah. But when it was free and then they take that away from you, it's kind of like a gut punch. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've been looking into because I posted a while back about the whole uh, doing a podcast about mental health thing, eh? And so I've been kind of poking around a little bit and trying to trying to think about what what a guy should do and how I should do it. But I think you should do it. Yeah. No harm in trying. Yeah. See see my my debate though is is after I finish my masters, um I've always wanted to do a PhD. And so kind of half thinking about doing the doing the whole podcast as a as an interview with with this specific goal of of collecting information and and having a having some, some data basically to to build a why why making is important to people sort of mental health wise right because there's a lot of there's lots of research about about therapies and group therapies and all that stuff and and how you can help feel better but 
but there isn't a whole ton about about hand skill type of things and and listening to podcasts like you guys um should, should i say anybody else's name sure. here just yeah we don't hide from that stuff listening to uh so clamp oh don't say them no <laughs> oh, sorry not clamp because because they're terrible <laughs> Um, terrible I like Clay yeah listening to them I'm trying to think of who all I listened to now when I was thinking about it but it just seemed like seemed like everybody had said something that week about oh yeah my mental health right yeah and and but nobody actually sits down and and there's no research behind behind uh, people who make for mental health even though it's clearly a thing Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, uh, I go out there, I forget about work and everything. Whatever's stressing me out in my day, I go out there. And I'm a pretty angry person. I don't know if you know that about me, but I'm pretty angry. But I don't get too angry when I'm out in the shop. I'm just kind of going to like zen mode out there. I always kind of pictured you as uh, when you're going to work as like that, you know, you know, the old Sesame Street 70s cartoon with like the bell bottom, you know, striped pants and throwing flowers over your yeah. your shoulders and stuff and like prancing down the street uh, that's how i always picture you on your way to work it's a little known fact that cartoon was modeled after me on my way to work yeah i've been in new york traffic that is not <laughs> this is not how he feels going to work uh, yeah no but yeah i i think 100 percent you should uh what is your master's is going to be in let's start there I, so clinical psychology clinical psychology and then your phd after that would be in the same thing yeah um you... i might so so i might go to dep- depending on how things work out i've been looking at uh, going on and going to the university of edinburgh and doing in in scotland mm-hmm. uh, they have a neuroscience uh mental health neuroscience degree i think it was in edinburgh might be king's college in london anyway anyway I might might go to down the neuroscience route rather than the clinical psychology route because my my undergrad is behavioral neuroscience, so I might do that. But uh, I don't know, haven't haven't planned that far ahead yet. I've got another year and change before I'm done this one. It would be interesting if you study it though, and you study the making side of mental health. You know, as you hear, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I am not a medical professional by any stretch so if i'm going down the wrong path here stop me but you also hear a lot of people who quit addiction or something and then they get into making or woodworking or whatever it is you know and they always find that to be their outlet then like yeah but no one ever studies it and no one ever says oh you should do you should get into this hobby or that hobby yeah exactly um uh what's his name do you rob cosman Uh, yeah i know the name yeah yeah, so he's local to me. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, so he's he's a woodworker, right? Um, and he yeah. does the uh, his Purple Heart project. That's that's like yeah. half of his thing is just, you know teaching teaching the PTSD type of people to how to do hand hand woodworking and as a as a mental health thing. And and uh, I'm trying to think. I, I know I've run across like two or three different people who do similar things. But uh, then I go into into uh, the the research databases that I have access to, and I I try to like I I have I have searched all sorts of variations of you know maker community maker skills hand skills handcraft handicraft everything I can think of trying to think find research specific to that community, and I just can't find anything significant like there's. You know, if you if you type in mental health in EBSCO, for example, you you come up with with 1.5 million papers in the last last 10 years, and you type in me, and you type in maker community, and you come up with three. So, hmm. so there's and and that's not even mental health maker community. That's just maker community in general. Uh, okay, movement. Yeah. So it's you know what the difference money. is. There's no money in getting people into making. They can't sell you a drug if you're making and cure your mental state. Yeah, I'm not. I we can go there if you want. I'm. Uh, that's that's actually one of the number one reasons I didn't go to medical school 
or, or I, because uh, when I did my my undergrad, I that was my plan. I was going to go to medical school, but then I got involved in a running a drug trial or as a as a student, kind of participating with one of my professors, and uh, I started looking into it, and I was just that this is, you know, Merrick Frost makes, you know, three quarters of a trillion dollars every friggin' year off of drugs. Uh, yeah. It's bad business to get people feeling better by teaching them that they can take care of themselves. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. The world is crazy. It's all about it's all about money. It's a good thing you have Patreons to support you, eh? Then you don't oh. have to worry about money. You know it. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about as I was as I was thinking about the podcast, I was thinking um, there's a there's a theory called uh, the self self determination theory or theory of self determination, and it talks all about uh, there's there people have three basic psychological needs right they have the need for relatedness so community they have the need for competence and they have the need for autonomy and that's that's kind of what started me down the whole maker movement thinking about that from a psychological perspective because you know your your maker community you you have that relatedness you have a community around you and then your sense of competence you know i can make something i'm competent at something and then you have autonomy i don't know about you guys but i like making stuff because then i don't have to rely on other people to to do things for me you know it, it gives me that sense of autonomy Interesting. I didn't know those three things were part of it. It's one of the many theories, uh, one of one of the many psychological theories. But when I was thinking about it, like that's that's where my mind went. But anyway, so then you're gonna just interview people on the podcast, yeah, about, the, about those traits and yeah, just kind of yeah, just kind of talk to them. I mean, not not like, well, Keith, do you feel? Like you have competence when you work in the wood shop. Well, I was wondering if when you did it, I had to lay on the couch and you on the other side with a notebook. And, you know, well, you're pretty much house. lounging in a couch right now. You're I, on the couch now. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I can lean back. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, yeah. I think it would be in, interesting to get like uh, like to be able to listen to all the different people and how making has helped them, you know, with their mental state for whatever reason, whether they were going through trouble or something, you know, be an interesting podcast, I think. But if you're going to use that as your dissertation for your doctoral, the, for, for, for your doctorate, is that legal? Is that ethical to do a podcast to get that information and put it out there? Well, as long as you're aware of it and I, uh, I let you know, but it wouldn't be, I don't, yeah, that's where I kind of think about what I, what I actually want to do, right? Like, would a podcast there's there's mental health podcasts up the wazoo but there isn't there isn't very many or any really that feel like they target the maker community so so one of my thoughts is just you know like maybe it should be just a you know let's spread awareness of mental health uh or or there's also like the i'm gathering data not necessarily i'm I'm going to publish that data, but it gives me an idea of where to direct research and to think about how to how to ask questions specifically in the future. Yeah, so use it to prompt your research as opposed to use it as research. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Mm. Or just become a famous author and write a book about it. This is my experience. There you go. So I lost my train of thought there with the author comma. Johnny asked that moment. Oh, my mental health is perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, that, that was my question. I don't listen to mental health podcasts, right? I assume you have. So what are they talking about? Is it just a bunch of blowhards in there talking about what to do for your mental health? Or are they actually interviewing people about the state of their mental health and all that? There, there's actually not a lot that I've run across that are that are interviewing people about the state of their mental health. Most of them are... Uh, well, lots of them are, are like every other podcast, two or three people talking about things, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that's where I have a hard time trying to trying to think of what whether I should should even pursue that, just because it is a a there is a lot of mental health ones, and how do you approach it differently? 
but I guess talking to people in the maker community and, and understanding that, you know, everybody has mental struggles at times, you know, like, uh, uh, ran the statistics statistically if we had if chad was still here one of the four of us would would be suffering from mental health uh issues at the time uh clearly uh clearly keith isn't tony's too late <laughs> T- tony's too laid back so it must be me i guess but yeah but maybe i'm that that duck with everything's calm and then the feet are just going crazy yeah well, but that's that's the thing, right? Like, is so many people, so many people, especially, you know, old men of our age, right? <laughs> it's it's the uh, careful now. Well, I was going to say like thirty, thirty-two, right? Yeah. Uh, we 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 grew up, we grew up in that in that uh, be a man and don't you know don't let it show sort of sort of atmosphere and and so if we you, you just don't talk about that because that's a sign of weakness or whatever whatever the the thing is behind you or or if you or if you speak out or have like i had the temper well i still have a temper um but when i was a kid like that was always the thing like if you yelled at someone that was like you had an issue because you stepped out and like got angry like visibly angry at someone so yeah, I know, I know the, uh, yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> like, yeah, and I don't want to get psychoanalyzed here by Andrew, but, uh, my, but my theory is, is if something makes me angry, I'm just going to show that emotion, right? I'm just going to be angry at that moment. And then it doesn't bother me later, but everyone's like, oh, you shouldn't be angry because it's not right or whatever. And that's dumb. Just let me get it out. Let my temper go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's that's where uh, not to go down the psychoanalyzing route, but I mean, as long as you're not hurting anybody, right? That then that's probably a good way of dealing with things because a lot of people's psychological trauma, psychological issues come from the fact that they're sitting there ruminating on the problem that they had instead of just identifying the emotion, dealing with it, and then moving on. Yeah, I wonder if your research, if you stick with makers, because and I don't know how true it is because they all seem pretty extroverted to me when I meet them in person at Maker Camp or WorkbenchCon or wherever you go. But makers all consider themselves as introverts. Would that affect your research if you're mainly interviewing introverts? I don't know if it would or not. I don't know. I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate. That's all. But that's where when when you're talking to somebody or where when I've been listening to podcasts and people have brought up the whole like oh I'm an introvert type of thing right. Then uh, a lot of people I've heard talk about that same thing. They, they say something to the effect of, "Well, it's because I feel like I already know the person because I follow them on social media, or, or whatever the case may be." And I think that's going back to that whole uh, self determination theory thing. One of the one of the benefits of community is you feel fulfilled and supported, and and uh, that's where that's where I think the makers community kind of excels that way is because everybody, another, another psychological feel, feels, uh, unconditionally respected or unconditionally respected by, by the other people in the community, right? Like your maker swap thing, for example, I I'm sure you don't have everybody bringing in like mind blowing, holy crap. How did you do that type of work? Right? Like you get, no, no. get things across the spectrum. Yeah. And so, but the people who, who bring in things that they feel are subpar, they get that unconditional respect from somebody that they look up to as a, as a, oh yeah, good job. You did great. And so that, that builds, builds people's self-esteem. It gives them, gives them that sense of confidence to, to go on and do more than they, than they may have thought they would by themselves. Right. I mean, not everything's mind blowing, but it's supposed to be the top of what you're doing, you know? So if you're bringing what you can do at that point and you have somebody there that looks up that you look up to, you can ask them questions like, Hey, how could I have done this better? You know? Yeah. And they'll do it. The other problem though, I see with this is people respect each other for what they put on the internet, but the internet, it, it like what they put on the internet is the chosen part, right? Yeah. So they're only putting their best part out there. 
or a part that they want to expose. So you don't really know people because you met them on the internet or follow them on social media or whatever. That's where I think maybe that that events like you like the Maker Camp there, you you have a there there's a lot of people on the internet who post stuff who who don't go to those events, right? And I'm sure that the people who who end up going to like Maker Camp for example are the people who who already have that kind of understanding that maybe the internet isn't 100% perfect and they're okay with it, with showing that they're not 100% perfect and they're glad that there's other people who are not 100% perfect as well yeah. versus the people who are... Yeah, I think some people come to that realization at camp. Yeah. When they get there and they realize, you know, you know, this is someone you can read, you can, you can pinch them like they're real, they're, they're the same as everybody else. Well, the other thing is you, you'll see some of these... Um... And I hate to say this term because I don't believe in it, but bigger names, I guess, people with greater following who go to these events and then it's all hands on and you can show off your skill right there and on any of the on any one of these things. And they walk around and you could watch them during their little clicks and they don't touch a thing, you know, because they don't want to be found out they're really not that good. That's my opinion on it. They don't touch anything throughout the whole event. They're just, just to socialize. And I find that to be fascinating to watch these people. Well, that's where that's where social media in general is kind of fascinating to me because of because of everybody knows that you're putting your best foot forward, right, on social media. And then and when you when you post something like, oh, here I screwed up, there's always somebody who comments, oh, thank you for showing that. It's good to know that everybody screws up sometimes. And and then when you when you see certain people who just always you know always seem to have everything perfect and never show any mistakes you're always a little bit suspicious are you actually doing anything yeah yeah and and the other side of it too is like there are people who not been found out but if people believe that some of their mistakes are you know planned i i yeah. also think some people put their mistakes out to be self-serving to get that response of oh you're normal yeah probably i mean there's it's it's a it's an engagement thing, right? When you're playing the social media game, but yeah, I put I played the social media game for the month of May. I have yet to post anything since May. <laughs> that's that's your your yearly quota is done already, eh? That was more posts in that month than I had posted in probably two to three years, maybe longer. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'd have to look back, but it's I generally don't post that often as you all know but i mean that was more than i posted in all of 2022 for sure and probably 21 and 20 like it was not a lot and how does that make you feel <laughs> we get on the couch <laughs> um yeah it was that was interesting it's a that's a tough like i i still respect the people that that do the daily stuff like that that's that's a chore. That's you really got to either have the drive and want that that notoriety through this community, or you just it's that's a tough it's a tough thing to do, I guess. Yeah, I was really consistent from about last August to uh, when did I quit posting every day? Like middle of February, I think somewhere around there. Like I, I tried to hit just about every day for about almost six months straight, and it it definitely grew my social media stuff but man it was yeah it just burnt me out i don't i have no desire to be a to be a hundred and fifty thousand social media influencer type of person yeah it's like, too much bloody work yeah. for me it's it's like i have like i when i initially started this whole like woodland iron stuff and the the account and it was like oh maybe i'll hit it big and some viral video and then i started to really look at what it took and the taking the videos and i don't want to put my face in front of the camera very often like I'll, it's just not who i am I, i'm not that i'll show you the work i've done like i'll take a picture of something that i've done but i don't need to be all like you know two thumbs up and the big smile while i'm stand while well, I have something in front of me like what whatever I'm just generic thing but it's just 
yeah, it's just never been me. And it, then I realized after a while that it was like, I just need to, I want to have fun with this. And then, and that's all I've done with it is when I have something that I liked or some uh, accomplishment in the gym that I've hit, I'll post something. If I get out in the shop and I do something that it's like, Hey, this is a new project and it, it's something I, I really feel good about. And it's, then I'll post something about it. That's, that's kind of where I've been at. I, I've gotten to the point where I could care less if the numbers ever climb. I care about just someone actually, you know, commenting on it and like having a genuine response back and forth. That's, that's what it is for me, I guess. So basically you care about the core group of people. And that's it. You care about the... Yeah. Like at my numbers, like, uh, say my numbers, brass tacks on my numbers as a social media person or whatever you want to call it is when we started this podcast, I had about 300 or 400 followers. I now have a thousand and seventy something. And, but I talked to probably what between 15 and 25 people on like a, a weekly basis. And that to me is the biggest part of it. Like I enjoy that more. I enjoy talking to the guys that I've met through the maker camp events, like the, the, the forge, the group forge project. Like those are guys like the guys that, um, uh, Jason and Charles and Trevor, like those, those, the Smiths that I was working with a lot that day, like Chris, I talked to a little bit, Roy, I talked to a little bit, like there's, I care more about that than I care about having 50 K, you know what I mean? I enjoy, that's what I enjoy. And that's, that helps to bring it back. I guess it does. It helps my mental health because I don't know, I don't hang out with a lot of people here. So I am, yeah. I am the introvert. Like I, I say it and I'm sitting here talking on a podcast, <laughs> but I enjoy my time alone. I enjoy my quiet time. I enjoy my time in my shop, but I still enjoy getting out and meeting new people. Like I'm not so introverted that it's prop, I guess. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. It's like the 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 interactions with the people in the community that I've developed friendships with. Um and you know, p- people like Ed Johns that I can be an enemy to, you know. <laughs> A frenemy. Friend. Frenemy, yep. Yeah. You, you know, like like yeah, it's the, it's the interaction with the community that makes a big difference. And I think that's where a lot of people, like you said, identify themselves as introverts is, is they like their time alone in their shop, but it's, it's nice to, uh, also have the community around you too, that you can converse with when you want to converse with people. I, I don't think that enjoying that time alone in the shop ultimately makes you a uh, introvert, but I, mean, I, mean, I think most people classify it as that though. But I have also been in a work setting or even a social setting and be the one person sitting at a table that's spoken to no one for however, like, you know, a considerable period of time, say, you know, 20 minutes or a half hour or whatever. I'm perfectly okay just having it be quiet or me being quiet with everybody else talking around me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm not a, I'm not a group person. I, I like, I like one-on-one, you know, two maybe three people around because I think once you get beyond that, you start to get into like, a, I don't know, mob mentality and then everything gets louder and, and dumber, you know? Yeah. I mean, to carry on a good conversation, you can't really have more than two or three people anyways. Like if to have a really good, clear conversation, it's more than that. It's just difficult. It depends yeah. on the group too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's rare that you're going to, yeah, in the conversation, it's rare that you would get a good conversation with more people. Yeah, it would be. I'm thinking like five or six. I'm not thinking a huge group. Yeah. I didn't think you were thinking like 200 people. <laughs> I don't think that'll ever happen. No, no, that would d- definitely turn into the, to the mob and just whoever bellows the loudest speaks. <laughs> I do think though that, you know, like the joke on the internet is that, um, what is it after high school or after college you're not going to make uh, new friends as an adult but I feel like in the maker community I've made a ton of new friends 
I don't know if that holds true. That definitely holds true for me. Like I've made more friends after high school than I did. Well, I also went to a very small high school, but like I do not hang out or talk or text or anything with anybody that I grew up with. And I, this is a crew, like I went from grade one to grade 12 with the same people, the same class. Like there's, I graduated with 14 total people in my class. Ooh. Yeah, we went through K or grade one at the time we started in grade one. So grade one, the grade 12 with the same people. thought I went to a small school. Yeah, there's 200, 250 kids in the whole school from kin. So kindergarten started after I had been through elementary and it was kindergarten to grade 12. I think the, my graduating year was like 250 kids. I was going to challenge you on the small school, but you did beat me. I, my grad class was 40-something people. We were right around 200. For the grad class. Yeah, but that is with five towns going to one school. Well, we might have had five villages going to one school. <laughs> it's a really small community. My sister, who two, was two years behind me in school, uh, her class was a big class, and it was 30. I think that's the limit or was the limit at one point in time for a class before you had to break it up into more than. So how does that work? What do you have like, like one teacher for every subject? Yeah. Just one teacher. Well, we had a teacher per subject. They still like in high school, we still had like a guy or we had, um, one teacher was our kind of our math and sciences teacher. One was like our English language arts Mm -hmm. teacher. Another one, you know, so all 14 kids just go, get up, go to the next class, sit back down? Well, that was a different thing because when we mixed, we did mix up after a bit because when, depending on your, if you're doing college prep versus like we had uh, a zero, our levels were zero, one, two, and three. Three was, for lack of a better term, you're just getting a diploma. Uh, two was starting in your college prep and then one and zeros were your more advanced classes. So like we had advanced and that was generally in the math side of things. We didn't really have like an English or anything that was advanced or, uh, French that was advanced at one, one level for that stuff. Small school. They didn't have, there wasn't a lot of variety. Right. Crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I speak to, I think I had a beer with a buddy of mine about, uh, I'm going to say about 10 years ago. This is probably the last time I sat down and talked with someone that I graduated with. Like I still call him a buddy. Like he's still, I have him on Facebook and there's stuff like that, but I don't sit and talk to any of them. I've never done a class reunion. I'll be, I'm out of high school, what, 20, 24 years this year. And yeah, we've never done a reunion, such a small group too. I seem to recall a conversation you guys had a while back about how you call everybody buddy, even the people you don't know. So you just don't know any of your, your schoolmates anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, funny thing with the whole buddy thing, I, I do say that too much. And the thing is, I hate it when someone I don't know calls me buddy. I like it's like a trigger. It's just like, just. Does that mean you're insulting people when you call them buddy? It's the tone and the, the way it's used that usually. Okay, buddy. Do it. That... The look on his face switched like that. <laughs> yeah. So that that's the kind of, yeah, there's definitely, yeah, that and getting whistled at. Like somebody like, Whistles to get your attention. That that gets me too. Happened sure thing, bud. Happened to me at work one time, and I just about flipped my lid, but I stayed quiet about it. But I was angry when he did it because it was the same whistle you'd use to like call a dog, like that. I can't whistle, but oh. yeah, sure. I'm not gonna do it now. You're much bigger than I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit further away. <laughs> I'm far enough away that it's not going to, but my memory's pretty good. So yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for Corey. (laughs) Yeah. That's not happening. Oh man. That's crazy. Well, some of the friends we have made in the past are our patrons. 
yeah, well, these are some of the people that are in that, that group of like 15 or 20 people that I talk to all the time. Some, not all. Not uh, I don't know. He gets, he gets the odd reel from time to time. All right. So we'll go through our list here of, uh, patrons. We have Corey of Odyssey CNC, the Etsy boys, Christy of Twisted Twine, Annette of 513 Woodworks, Full Steam Designs by Chris Powell, Lillian Archer Photography, David Beckwith Makes, NB Woodfinery. In our top tier, we have Eastpoke Studios, Danelle Smith Christian, Brian Drennan, Lawrence Maritime Nice Supply.com, Ed Johns of ButtJoints.com, Adam of Uncle Sam Metalworks, Green Street Joinery, Vincent Ferrari of Digitally Creative, Brian Housewart of Workfort Podcast, Archigene Osorio, Matt of Wooden Mustache, Brad of Brad's Customs, David and Joanna at Wideworks, Chad of Chad's Custom Creations, Ryan of Gnome Hammer Forge, David of DW Wood Builds, Matt of First Duke Construction, and Tony of Kodamo Designs. Thank you, everyone. Yes, thank you all. We appreciate it. Oh, so you got anything else, Hatch? Or you want to head on over to the after show? No, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm good. If you guys are 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 good, yeah. I was. In, I'm always impressed by your list of patrons. You guys just read off like the the top tier guys, right? Yeah. So what's funny, little inside baseball, we changed the tiers at some point. So there's some other tiers that are read off, but not everybody. Well, I know I'm uh, I know I'm a patron, and I uh, and I never get read off anymore because I dropped my level. That's fine. You got on the podcast. <laughs> you want to hear your name, or do you want to hear your voice? I'd rather hear my voice because I like to hear myself talk. There you go. There you yeah, go. No, but uh, j- just to to plug your podcast on your podcast to anybody who's <laughs> listening, and to the pod and to the uh, Patreon. Uh, I think I-, I support you guys and like one other person on Patreon. Oh, so well, thank you very so, much. So there you go. Appreciate we appreciate it. it. We appreciate all the patrons, but that's 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 pretty cool that. You don't support many people but us. You know who needs some support, though? I just, now, now that I'm saying this, everybody uh, everybody should go, uh, you know, like, like bomb or whatever uh, Mr. Serio there, Artigino Serio. He's, uh, he's the sent library, out a the lot. The librarian? The librarian, yeah, man. He has sent out a ton of books here recently, including a bunch of, uh, a bunch of my, he bought a whole bunch of my design journals and sent them out to people too that's awesome i, have I need to send them something yes i did get one as well and i looks pretty good now am i i know when you did it you did it for a daily challenge right so there's like weekly I, I designed it for a weekly challenge for myself a week, yeah a weekly challenge okay yeah i only drew that's one thing in it so far so any feedback how's it laid out does it work good for you for that one thing i drew sure yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. I have not used it yet, I will be completely honest. But yeah. I should try using it for I need to build some jigs and I should start laying out my plans. So if you don't know Hatch has on Amazon you can buy it. Um I don't know what you search for it. I just went right to your link. Yeah, I just I, I have it linked in my uh link in the profile, everybody. <laughs> your influencer voice. Yep. Hey guys, go check out my book. <laughs> He's a published author, published author, content creator, and world traveler. But uh, if you want to check out Hatch, you can check him out. Hatch made it on Instagram. But actually, before I start the outro, uh, if you haven't already, if you're a member of our Patreon or Ryan over at Gnome Hammer Patreon, or you want to buy a raffle ticket, he's giving away a benchtop handbill uh in the month of june at the end of june what's the date tony oh you had to ask me didn't you it's the last wednesday in june we'll announce it here on air yes i have i have a have it written down don't worry i have my notes um the deadline will be the 25th and then we will announce uh on the 28th so it'll come out on that that wednesday when we yeah i talked to him yesterday he's moving on it uh, he told me the style of anvil it was going to be, but I forget what it is. It's going to be a hornless one. Oh, okay. So like a block of steel? Yeah, it's a little more detailed than a block <laughs> of steel, but yeah, essentially, yeah. 
it, it's a bench top anvil, so it'd be cool. Uh, I'm excited to see it when he's done. He should be posting about it. I think he said sometime next week he'll be done with it because he's got other orders he's mixing in in between. But yeah, so get into that. If you want to find our friend Andrew Hatch, you can find him at Hatch Made It on Instagram. What are you on YouTube, Hatch Made It, as well? Yeah, that's Hatch Made It there. Are you still on TikTok? Um, yeah, as a as a as I post everything, I'll post it there. No, I, I just I just post all the same crap everywhere, just like everybody else. The internet's all full of garbage, so why not add to it, right? Yeah, yeah that's just the dumpster. Let's put it all in there. <laughs> Let's put it all in there. If you want to find Tony, you can find him at Woodland Iron. I'm at Blackthorn Concepts. Both of us can be found at Working Hands Podcast on Instagram or Working Hands 3 on TikTok. Um, if you want to rate and review the show, we'd appreciate it. Share it with all your friends. Tell them to, to share it with their friends and family. It would help us greatly. If you want to share our reels, that's awesome too. But we're going to head on over to the after show, give our patrons some more content to listen to. If you want that, you can join on patreon.com. Go up to the search bar and type in Working Hands Podcast and you'll find us. With that, I say we're out of here, boys. Later. See you later.